Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, December, I guess, or maybe November. I don't know when I'm going to post this edition of the patron-only Q&As. This is where if you're a patron... You can ask me a question and I will answer it here. Uh, I'll probably, I don't know. It's been a while since I did one of these. I want to do it maybe, maybe every month, every other month. I don't know. You guys tell me how often you would like to do this. I'll do it as often as you want me to. Uh, but yeah, so I'll get into them. Uh, first one here from Storm Something. Jiu-Jitsu Purple Belt here. Been training on and off for about five years. Just wondering how did you get into Jiu-Jitsu? Tell us about your journey, brother. Thanks, Finn. Um, so I got into jujitsu way, way, way back in the day, uh, unfortunately, because I am so old. Uh, I got into it from UFC, probably like UFC. I mean, the first time I saw it was UFC 1, which was 93 or 94. Um, but I didn't really like know what jujitsu was or anything until 96. I moved. I went like to college in 96 for a little bit. And a guy that I met up there was like, oh, he was really into like UFC and he was like, oh yeah, those those guys all they're all using this thing called Brazilian jiu-jitsu to, you know, win all the fights. Cause back then, you know, it was like this is like the old days of MMA when it, it wasn't like professional athletes now, like it is now. It was just kind of like style versus style. So the big thing was this guy named Hoist Gracie, who was like 160 pounds or something, like not a very large guy, uh won the first few UFCs with jiu-jitsu and then there were more Brazilians that came in and it just seemed like jiu-jitsu was this thing that you know made you this invincible superman and you know could beat anybody in a fight um and so that was pretty cool and like once he told me that that was called jiu-jitsu I kind of looked into it more and more and um I I wasn't able to start training until 99 I think when I moved back to Seattle um, there was a guy named Marcelo Alonso who was like old school, like Carlson Gracie black belt that had a gym here. And I, I trained with him for a little while, uh, and then had to quit. And then I moved to New Jersey a while ago and trained with a guy named there named Mark, uh, Mike Merkulich again, only for like a year or two, not, not, not even that, like six months or something. Um, I didn't really seriously start training until like 2005, um, and I was doing MMA then in Cincinnati back when like there was like a really strong regional MMA scene. It was a lot of fun. Those on like people like Rich Franklin and George Gurgel and, you know, all the Militich guys and stuff like that were like really kind of popping off. And so uh, that's when I got like really into it. Now, back then, and I, I did that for maybe like three years or something like that, um, but I was doing MMA. And again, back then, the level of jujitsu was like very low compared to what it is now, like Back in 2005, you know, a 2005 black belt is probably not even as good as like a 2023 purple belt. 
So uh, I didn't do so. Yeah, so I did that for a couple of years and then I didn't get back into it again until 2017. Um, I started training uh, in Seattle and uh, yeah, I did that for guess about four years or something like that. And, you know, was officially a white belt, even though I trained some more and then got my purple belt in 2021. And, uh, I have not trained for about a year or so because the place that I used to go to closed and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know. So, and now that I have a kid and stuff, uh, I would love to find time. I'd love to get back into it cause I do miss it, but we shall see what happens, uh, but I suggest if anybody is at all interested in jujitsu, I highly suggest it. I think it's awesome for anybody. It's like a great workout. It's a lot of fun. It's like you'll learn a lot about yourself. You'll make friends. Like you should definitely do it if you're all interested. Just go on Google and just look up jujitsu in your area. Just go there, check it out, um, try a class, and yeah, I recommend it to anyone. So that is my history of jujitsu in a nutshell. Uh, TK3K says, Hey Finn, new member here, but have been a fan for about a year now. Thank you for joining. I follow you on LinkedIn and I love your insights on business. I wonder if you have any advice for someone trying to grow and scale their solo creative business videography. Okay. Yes. I have lots of advice on this. Um, the way that creative businesses work is through word of mouth. Um, there are other ways of doing it, but like 90, like the, the way to do this is word of mouth. So what you want to do is do great work for one person. They will tell their friends about it, you know, because they'll say, hey, I saw you did that video. It looked awesome. You know, I've been trying to do some videos. You know, can you connect me with anybody? And then they'll refer them to each other. That'll snowball. And, you know, you don't need that many clients to have a great living as a solo entrepreneur, right? Like, I don't know if you have, I don't, I don't know that much about your business, but let's say that you had, you know, whatever, five clients per month that would probably be enough for you to have like an, a nice business, right? Like five clients paying you, you know, between say one and 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month. Like that's a nice business. So um, the key to all of this, in my opinion, is to focus very narrowly, which I know is scary for a lot of people. But if you're a creative person, you should try to focus. I think about it like this. Uh, imagine a sentence, like imagine that you were introducing yourself to someone at a party and they're like, Hey, TK, uh, nice to meet you. So what do you do? Um, and it's just saying videography is, is not really specific enough. What you want to do is to say, I do blank, where the first blank is the, the specific thing that you do for blank. And the second blank is... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. is your ideal clients. And I'll give you a couple examples of this. So you might say, um, and, and again, being as specific as possible. So you might say, um, I do, uh, do I, I do 
uh, documentary style videos for companies in the outdoor space, or I do trailers for, I do marketing trailers for uh, online education companies, or I do wedding videos for, you know, non-traditional people, you know, non-traditional couples or something like that. Like the idea is that like what you want is when you meet somebody and you tell them that, um, if they are the type of person that you want, that you want to work with, they'll instantly go, oh, that's for me. Now, there are other people who like it's you're, you can't be all things to all people. So if you're worried about, you know, turning off some people, that's totally OK. It's not important for you to please everybody. The most important thing is that you do connect with the narrow range of people that you want to work with. So focus, 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 and then uh, let word of mouth kind of take over. And, and then once word of mouth, the word of mouth snowball takes effect, you're off to the races. So that's my advice. Uh, if you have any other questions. Feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn or anywhere else and be happy to help you with it. Okay. Uh, Jackson Carney said, are you going to roast our Spotify wrapped again this year? Uh, yes, I definitely will. Um, just, I, I think that starts in December. I'm not sure. Uh, but yes, I will definitely do that. Um, cause that was fun. Uh, Zach Solomon asks, how do you consistently come up with new ideas for videos every day? Is there a creative process or do you utilize technology like AI? Well, it's hard because I've been making videos since uh, 2017, and uh, I've made one pretty much every week. I've maybe missed four or five weeks or something on my main channel, so that's like a couple hundred videos on that channel, 300 videos or something. And then uh, I do three a week on my second channel, which I've been doing for two years, so that's another couple hundred videos. I've made like probably close to a thousand videos now, and so it is. It's not easy to come up um, with, uh, it's not easy to come up with new ideas, but what I do is I read all the comments and I feel like, I know people tell you not to read all the comments cause it's bad for your mental health, which is true. <laughs> it definitely is bad for your mental health. But if you read the comments, you will know what people are interested in. Um, and, and I've been very surprised by that because like I would have never, like I had no idea that, for example, you know, people were so passionate about Deftones until I read the comments, right? Like, I don't know, I made some video about new metal years ago and everyone's like, you know, mentioning Deftones in the comments. And so that makes me kind of go, oh, all right, there's something here. Like there's dozens of people in the comments asking me how come I didn't mention Deftones. Well, that tells me maybe I should do a video about Deftones. So really that's it. I just like listen to people. I read my DMs, I read my comments and people will tell you what they want. Uh, as far as AI, um, I don't use it. I mean, I, well, I, I've, I've used it a little bit here and there, especially like help, you know, with intros and stuff like that, but not, not very often. Um, I think uh, the state of AI now is okay, but to me, AI, and, and this will probably change in the future, but for now, I think AI is good at making creative work that's mediocre, but it's not very good at making stuff that's great. Um, and uh, I can do mediocre work very easily <laughs> on my own. I don't really need AI to help me with that. So uh, I'll, you know, I'll keep I'll keep an eye on these tools, and they're only going to get better over time. So I imagine there's going to be a place for it in the future, but I don't I don't really find a need for it now. Uh, okay. Daniel Hunt asks, Hey Finn, how are you able to balance, balance work and family life? Well, it's not easy. That's for sure. Um, 
you know, the key to me, and I know a lot of people probably aren't going to want to hear this because uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a bummer to people, but like, I don't have any interests or hobbies or social life or anything like that. The only things that I do are work and family stuff. That's it. I don't do anything else and I don't really want to do anything else. You know, I play video games maybe an hour a week or something like that. Um, other, I, I work out in the morning. That's it. Um, but I get up at five, I take care of the kid for, you know, uh, a couple hours, then I work out and then I work from, you know, 9am until, you know, somewhere between 5pm and 9pm. And I do that seven days a week. That's it. That's all I do. So, um, the, to me, balancing work and family life just means cutting out everything else. And I'm okay with that. I, I know that maybe not everybody is, but you know, you can't do everything you want to do all at once. And if you're going to have a kid, you kind of have to, in my opinion, you kind of have to accept that, that means you're going to make some sacrifices. Um, and, uh, but you know, it, it, I don't, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice to me, I guess, you know, maybe to some other people it is, but, uh, the real key, um, is that my wife, you know, fortunately, uh, I, so for people who don't know, I have a job in addition to like YouTube, I'm a partner in a company that does like online education. So between my, you know, my quote unquote real job and YouTube, you know, I make enough money that my wife and we live somewhere fairly affordable. Um, so my wife is able to stay home with a kid that helps a lot. Her parents also live like three blocks from us. And so they watch him occasionally that helps a lot too. Um, but yeah, you just got to cut out all the bullshit. I think that's the key. Jamie Longa asks, how's it been being a dad? Uh, well, I mean, I talked about the work-life balance thing a lot, which is sort of the big one. Um, a, a lot of people, I think, you know, for a lot of people, I think becoming a parent is a big transition that's difficult for them. And it wasn't for me, and I don't think for my wife either, because I, you know, it was kind of art, like we were already there mentally. I think the people who have a hard time with it are the ones that have to make like a big adjustment, meaning, um, you know, people that maybe had a super active social life that were going out a lot, you know, stuff like that, that maybe have to like give up on something. It might be hard for them, but we already basically lived, you know, like boring suburban parents anyway. You know, we just like, we, we never did anything that was a big deal. And so we were kind of ready for it. So it, it's, I, it's great. I mean, it, the few times when he's not around, you know, like if, uh, if my wife's mom watches him or something like that, like it, it's not like a relief that he's gone. I'm like, I miss him and it feels weird to not have him around and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's only been like six months, but it feels like it's been longer than that. And I think it's great. I love it. Uh, Arnold Silva asks, if you had to eliminate the Whopper or Big Mac from your life forever, which would it be? Well, that's an easy one. The Whopper. Um, I mean, listen, I, I can't believe there's people out there that are, that are, uh, that are Burger King fans. It, it does not compute to me. Burger King, in my opinion, is borderline gross. Like I would rather eat it than starve to death, but that's about it. Like I, I don't understand how a sane person could choose um, Burger King over all the other options. Uh, the biggest issue with, with Burger King, in my opinion, is the fries. You know, they're, they're a little too crispy. Um, like, I, I just, I don't like it. Whereas, you know, Big Macs, McDonald's, 
they've honed everything to perfection over what have they been around like now like 90 years or something like that everything is perfect the fries the fountain coke their soft serve ice cream the big mac it's it's just it's all been perfected although i will say the last couple times we've been to mcdonald's we only go a couple times a year but the last couple times we've been there i feel like there's like a noticeable decline in quality specifically with the big mac and i don't know if that's just the the mcdonald's that we go to or if they're all like that but it's definitely noticeable and uh i'm i'm upset i would like to speak from the, i would like to speak to the manager but i'm always going to choose mcdonald's over burger king just that's never going to change dead rise requested will the stream from the 16th be reposted uh i don't even know what that is or why it's not posted so i'd have to look into that i don't know uh but in general all my twitch streams are available as vods if that one isn't i don't know i'll i'll have to look i'll have to look at it but in general they're all up there if you want to watch them uh benjamin heimer asks ever consider doing motivational type speaking i feel like it's my vision but to speak to recovering addicts and criminals but i like watching your videos for inspiration thanks um i don't that's not something i would prefer to do um just because i really like helping people but um, I've been around like addicts and criminals and stuff like pretty much my whole life. Like, I mean, I've talked about this before, but I mean, my family are all addicts and criminals. Like my mom was an alcoholic. My dad used to be a junkie and like my stepdad went to prison. Um, my stepsister died of an overdose. I think four of my uncles or something have been to prison. Um, so I've been around this stuff like my whole life and it's, it's a lot of emotional labor to interact with addicts and criminals. You know what I mean? And I like, I don't judge them like at all. I, I, I get it. Trust me. I totally get it. But after being around it so much, it's just, it's a lot to interact with them. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I don't think that I would ever choose to do something like that, but if, but, but I, I hope it's clear for my content that I understand those people and I don't judge them. I'm not putting them down. And like, I totally get how someone could end up in that kind of situation. So I would hope that something that I have said can be helpful to them. But as far as like deliberately kind of like reaching out to that as an audience, like I just don't think emotionally that that's something I would want to do um, just because it, it's, it's very tiring to me, but I do, you know, I, I do, I'm, I'm rooting for those people and I want them to be happy and successful I just don't know that I'm the person to do it, if that makes sense. Okay, Chris Ather says, as someone who covers bands and music, what would you describe as good music to you as a listener? Um, my, I'll tell you my philosophy about art in general, which is that I respect any art that achieves what it sets out to achieve. To me, like whether I personally enjoy it or not, but first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like 
dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use HyperFollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Is is irrelevant. If you if you did the thing that you set out to do, then I respect it. Because it's not up to me to decide what your creative intent should be, right? That's for you to decide. Because that's the nature of art. Is unlike unlike business, you know, or unlike product design, where it's about creating the thing that other people want. The nature of art is that you're creating the thing that you want to make. It's kind of inherently like a self-centered thing. Um, and so it's not my place to tell you what your creative intent should be. All I can do is sort of look at like how effectively you executed that. So as an example of that, um, I would not choose to listen to say, um, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't choose to listen to dream theater um, but I think they're obviously like very good at what they do and they've executed on that better than pretty much anyone else in their space. So I don't necessarily want to listen to it, but I respect it and I get it. And I would say that it's good. Um, so that's kind of the way that I think about it. Um, but for me personally, what I enjoy is, uh, especially the more that I've learned about music over the years, um, just like really strong vocal hooks and melodies is the thing that matters to me the most in, in conjunction with that lyrics, um, which very different from how I think most of my audience listens to music, but that's me. Uh, Nick White asks, how do we get peace in the Middle East? I have no idea. That is way beyond my pay grade, and I choose not to speculate about things that I am wildly unqualified to talk about. Uh, JD5842 says, who are some bucket list guests slash bands you'd want to get on the podcast? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I've talked to just about everybody that I would want to talk to. Um, the people that I would want to talk to are not really in bands. And so therefore I don't really think that that would be, um, 
a fit for my audience. Like, you know, my interests are more about like business and stuff like that. And I don't think anybody in my audience wants me to have like, you know, the founder of some like B2B SaaS company come on my podcast to talk about like how they scaled from zero to, you know, a million dollars in revenue or something like that, which is the kind of thing I'm interested in. But um, I pick my guests based on who I think the audience will care about, not necessarily what I'm interested in. So I, I don't know, but there's not a lot left. I mean, obviously there's like all the huge, you know, people like, oh, get Fred Durst on the podcast. I'm like, all right, um, <laughs> I'll call him up right now and tell him he should be on my podcast. You know, it's like people like that don't have any reason to come on my podcast. If they ever want to, that's cool. And I'd be happy to talk to them. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not as easy as just like getting some giant star on the podcast, you know, but, um, uh, yeah, that's how I think about it. Okay. Uh, Nick White is back. Okay. Here's my real question. Given your reach and resources and experience and liking music, would ever, would you ever consider starting some type of label or promotion distribution company or like the kind of Guy Fieri stamp of approval? Like Finn likes the song. LOL. I don't know. I could just see influencers taking on the status quo. Not that the status quo is necessarily wrong, but there's way more music and it's way easier to make it and get it out there with distro kit and stuff. So that would be a cool idea. Um, no, I would never do that because, um, I just, I don't, I don't like working with musicians to be totally honest. Um, I'd be like, I like doing reviews here on Patreon. If, you know, if anyone wants my opinion on their music, that's the way to do it. Um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to work with musicians all day. Like they're flaky. They're hard to deal with. Um, that's not something I would ever choose to do. Um, as far as influencers taking on the status quo, I mean, I think that's already happened. You know, I think obviously like Anthony Fantano, probably the biggest example of this, Nick Nocturnal kind of in the metal world, like what Anthony or Nick thinks of your song is going to do a lot more for you than what any, you know, journalist or whatever is going to do for you. So I think already like influencers probably, or even just TikTokers, like I think it already matters more than, you know, what the status quo thinks, you know, um, put it this way. What's more important, you know, winning some silly industry award that nobody cares about or having Anthony Fantano or Nick Nocturnal sign off on your music. You know, I mean, obviously you would choose, you know, the second one of those, right? So yeah, I don't think that's ever something I would do. Um, but, uh, I think it'd be a good idea for someone else. Mr. Dr. Coffee says, this is really important. Are you circumcised? Well, if you want to know the answer to that question, you'll have to join my OnlyFans someday in the future. Uh, I'm going to hold out until then. Zaki Solomon asks, have you ever considered interviewing Jess Margera from CKY? I feel like you guys would have a great conversation. I actually did interview Jess um, in probably 1999 or 2000, a very, very, very long time ago uh, for a uh, fanzine that I was doing at the time. And, uh, it was pretty funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I would interview him again if he, if he was interested. Um, he seems like a interesting, cool guy. I, I, you know, don't really know him aside from that interview I did 20 years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm down. Uh, okay. That does it for this edition of Patreon, uh, patron only Q and a, if anyone else, uh, let me know what you think of this. If you want to hear more of it, um, and uh, this will be something that I'll do as often as you guys would like me to do it. And uh, I hope this was interesting and I appreciate your support.
One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one hit thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.